You're now listening to a Binge Bull Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Binge Proof Brain podcast. At the beginning of today's episode, I would like to ask you to imagine that you are a death row inmate. Yes, you have a death sentence. And I know that it's not the best scenario, but stay with me. So the prison administration comes to you and asks you, what would you like to eat for your last meal? And I bet that you are ordering up all your favorite foods. And during this last meal, you are going to eat and eat until you can't fit food into your stomach anymore because it all doesn't matter, right? Tomorrow you are dead. And now I want you to imagine yourself that you put yourself in that situation quite often, but you don't have a real death sentence. You just have the new diet. So in today's podcast episode, uh, we are going to talk about the last supper syndrome, how to avoid gorging on all of your favorite guilty pleasures, believing that this is your last meal. But before that, I would like to do a quick coaching announcement. And maybe you've heard that on the 27th of November, 2022, I'm opening doors to the last edition of the one-on-one Binge Proof Brain coaching program. And the doors will close uh, next Sunday. So on the 4th of December, 2022. So you've got only one week to apply for a spot in a Binge Proof Brain coaching program. And I only offer five spots. So if you are interested in working with me, you have to fill out the coaching application. So speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> or rather, you know, apply now or 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 just recover on your own without my <laughs> my personalized support. <laughs> okay. Okay, now we can go back to the topic of today's podcast episode. So the last supper syndrome, also known as last supper eating or last supper effect. It happens when you intend to go on a diet and it triggers this overeating because you believe that you won't be able to eat like this, whatever this this is. (laughs) Um, So you eat that way because you believe that you won't be able to eat like this for a while. Uh, So you feel compelled to, you know, to take part in this final overindulgence. And this last supper effect is just excessive consumption of foods you enjoy, but the overconsumption isn't driven just by the taste of food. It is driven by the fear that this food won't be available to you in the future or maybe wasn't available to you in the past. Because last supper effect takes place mostly before a diet, but I would say that cheat meals also are a type of last supper syndrome because you have this narrow window of indulgence. This is like post-diet reward or just between diet reward. It's just time where you can just go all in. And in your head, it can sound like this. 
I better eat all this stuff now since it will be off limits tomorrow. I have to go back on track tomorrow, so I better eat all my guilty pleasures today. So as you can see, in the moment you justify this overindulgence by telling yourself that maybe from the next day you will be eating um, healthy, so that unhealthy food won't be available to you uh, in the nearest future. And there are different types of last supper eating. Maybe right now we have this challenging time of the year, you know, November, December, a lot of family celebrations. Uh, So you may be thinking that it's not worth to tackle your eating disorder right now because you can start fresh in January. So the last couple of weeks of this year or any year might be for you something like the last supper syndrome, right? Because you know that from January, you are going to be building new habits. You are going to be eating healthy. Uh, You won't be eating out. No ordering takeaway. uh, No drinking alcohol. So you might as well, you know, go all in right now. Even if you do not just right off the last couple of uh, weeks of the year, you may feel uh, like Christmas time is just your last supper syndrome. Maybe during um, during a week, you know, you are doing fine because you may be living alone and you can control your food. But during Christmas, maybe you are going to spend time at your family's house, you're going back home and <laughs> you know that this time... All of your favorite foods that your mama or grandmother made, uh, that those foods will be available and they will be available only for a short period of time. And after going back to your own home, you just plan to eat salads and lean proteins. That's why during Christmas you overindulge so much uh, because you know that you are going to go back on track (laughs) uh, on your own. The Last Supper syndrome also can happen occasionally when you plan to start ketogenic diet, when you want to go on a juice cleanse, you want to go vegan or maybe before bariatric surgery. For some people, it can be also a weekend thing. So each weekend you party, you overindulge in drinks and nachos with cheese <laughs> or or maybe every weekend you meet with your besties you go shopping you always order some big frappuccino and then you just continue eating in fast food places the whole day uh, with the intention to go back to better eating on Monday so again this can happen every week but for some people last supper eating can also take place every day because every day you promise yourself that the next day you are going to stick to a plan or maybe you are on an intermittent fasting protocol and you know that you have just this narrow window of eating therefore you have to just push as much food into yourself as possible because for the next 16 or 18 hours you will have to fast (laughs) and the funny thing is that last supper eating can also happen to some people who want to sign up for my coaching or for somebody else's coaching because some of you believe that okay after signing up for coaching I will never binge again (laughs) which is not always uh, possible right 
binging during the program is kind of beneficial for you because then I can guide you through a process what to do during a binge, after a binge, how to, you know, um, how to navigate all this. Uh, but again, some people believe that, you know, once they sign up, they will just have a willpower to uh, to go through life without binge eating. And my program is no, not about like <laughs> using willpower uh, to, to eat healthy or, or to beat binge eating. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to warn you because again, some of you may be thinking about uh, signing up for my coaching program. <laughs> so I'm just warning you that the last supper syndrome can also happen to you. <laughs> and let's talk about some of the like, typical sin- symptoms of last supper eating. So the first one would be, for example, planning of cheat days, also obsessing over off-limits foods. Uh, having different food rules, or also adopting this fuck it mentality, mentality once you loosen up your food rules. Uh, so for a moment you feel let off the hook because it's your last time you are eating this food. <laughs> so it's a one-time opportunity, so you might as well go all in, <laughs> right? And maybe you also plan some compensatory behaviors to, you know, to make up for the overindulgence. And of course, last supper syndrome is often associated with that false sense of hope because you always believe that things will be different from tomorrow, from Monday, from the new year or something like that. Let's quickly talk about what happens in your brain when the last supper syndrome occurs. Uh, So in general, thinking about future deprivation can activate food-seeking behaviors. (laughs) This is how it's called in uh, literature. The scarcity mindset around food is just evoked. And we all know that this scarcity mindset was uh, wired into your brain and it has evolutionary function. So for your brain, what is not allowed is the same as not available. So when you say to yourself like, okay, yeah, food is available, but I'm not allowed to eat this for your brain. It's, it equals, you know, not available. Therefore, your brain will hyper-focus on things that are not available because usually those things are important for our survival. <laughs> so uh, when you plan to diet on Monday, you have this primitive urge to eat right now. Eat before food runs out. And also when you are on a calorie deficit, it increases the reinforcing value of food. So research uh, has shown that, you know, pleasure centers in your brain, they can kind of like light up (laughs) in response to foods that has been off limits. So in the science papers, I can cite to you right now um, how it is described. Um, So now the quote from the research study. High dietary restraint have a hyper-responsitivity in reward-related brain regions when food intake is occurring, which might increase a risk for overeating and binge eating. So as you can see, when you are hungry, <laughs> your brain values food more. So when you are super hungry, when you haven't been eating for a couple of days, even bread with butter will taste like the meal in the most fancy restaurant. Because also when we are hungry, 
uh, that means that you may be on a calorie deficit. Therefore, you have less energy uh, available. And less energy available means that you have also less mental capacity to cook. Um, so maybe you reach out for those, you know, quick snacks. Uh, you order pizza, you grab chocolate, you, um, you dip your spoon in a peanut butter. Because you don't have even that energy to make different decisions. You don't have that energy uh, to plan something, to cook and so on. Because your neurons, so the cells in your brain... They need glucose. They need energy to function. And so, uh, so to summarize, uh, you know, the anticipation of restriction, it can also lead to decreased impulse control. So you become more dis disinhibited. <laughs> so your, you know, your brain just takes the barriers away so that it can reach food more easily. And you also have to remember that the faults you have. Like the thoughts of like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. I'm a bad person for eating that. I should stay away from these kind of foods. You know, your thoughts create your feelings. So then when you experience feelings of restriction, guilt, failure, it puts you into a negative emotional affect. And that negative emotional state may lead to comfort eating right because you want to soothe your emotions with food to summarize what's happening in the brain when you experience a last supper effect is that the dietary restraint it causes different counter regulatory responses so just like you cannot fully control your liver releasing enzymes um, your kidney filtrating your urine you can't fully control these processes. And I also want to quickly talk about what happens the next day, the day after the Last Supper syndrome. So because of overindulgence, you secrete more insulin because you eat a lot, there is a lot of glucose uh, available, so your body secretes more insulin. There is overproduction of insulin. And in some instances, you know, it can be a good thing, but in most cases, it has unwanted consequences, especially if you engage in last supper eating more often. Because the morning after indulgence, your insulin sensitivity is reduced. <laughs> and because insulin is one of the major hormones that signals satiation, your reduced insulin sensitivity will equal uh, reduced sensitivity to satiety signals. <laughs> so in, in, in the simplest words, you will be more hungry <laughs> and there will, there will be the higher chances that at the end of the day, you, will, you won't start a new diet. <laughs> you will be just more hungry and at the end of the day, you are going to order pizza. So the whole day, you may also have more negative self-talk because you feel guilty, ashamed. So you also convince yourself that you can't be uh, trusted around food. Like you can't trust yourself. So this is how, you know, your theory about you being a food addict, this is how it probably started. So at this point, you may recognize that, okay, yeah, last supper syndrome, it is something that I 
deal with on a daily or weekly basis. So the question is, how can you avoid last supper syndrome? The studies say that rigid restrained dieters with inflexible diet rules and all or none approach to eating, they are more prone to binge eating. (laughs) So that already tells you a lot, right? If you are Uh, If you have rigid uh, diet rules, you are prone to binge eating. Also, low eating related self-efficacy suggests that people uh, have more binge eating like behaviors. So low uh, eating related self-efficacy means that you are lacking confidence in your own ability to control your eating behaviors under like various circumstances. So again, building that self-confidence, self-trust is really important part of binge eating recovery. What you should be aiming for is just more balanced eating, you know, allow those fun foods on a daily or at least weekly basis. You need to be more flexible with your diet. Those favorite foods of yours, they have place on your plate and they won't ruin your health. The way you think um, to yourself about the food you're eating, it also matters. I know that so many of you struggle with mental restriction, that even if you do eat those foods, you still mentally bully yourself. (laughs) We could say it that way. So remember that thoughts create your feelings. So your thoughts can evoke this scarcity mindset that later leads to the last supper syndrome. So right now I want to give you a two examples of uh, internal dialogue you may have when you eat um, some fun foods. And please tell me which of these sentences evokes a new scarcity mindset. The first one. I can have however much I want of this right now and then I can still have more food later. And now the second sentence. I can't control myself around cheesecake. I better avoid cheesecake and all foods high in sugar so my cravings could go away. (laughs) So if you want to avoid the last supper syndrome, it's really important that you challenge your food rules that you have established for yourself. Remember that there is no guide, there is no Bible of healthy eating that tells us what is healthy, what is unhealthy for you. Uh, So you must uh, let go of all of those labels what is good or bad just listen to listen to your body (laughs) because each of those foods they of course have different effects on you some of them uh, make you feel better physically some of them make you feel bad physically or emotionally that's why working on your mindful eating could be very helpful so that instead of like have have this external lists of foods that somebody told you that okay these are bad foods these are good foods you can you know you can ask your body how your body feels like after eating each food and in this way you can like create your own internal compass when it comes to these kind of foods because maybe right now you demonize you know certain foods and believe that okay pizza make me go make me feel sluggish Uh, after mcdonald's I, i feel very bad you know i used to believe those things too and to be honest 
I often have pizza and <laughs> I feel great after having pizza. But at the same time, there are um, different types of like sweet things that I used to really like. But when I started to eat them mindfully, I've noticed that they're just kind of like not worth it. I just wanted them because I had sweet tooth and I really wanted something sweet. But honestly, <laughs> some of those cookies or cakes, they are, they are not just, they are not as good. And the same with, with pastries. Again, some of them are, are very good and I still like them and will enjoy them. But some of them are just not worth it. So in the past, I would have, you know, food rules about these kind of foods. And during a binge, I would have an urge to eat them. I would eat them quickly, not paying attention how they, how they really taste. But once I, you know, slowed down, did some mindful eating exercises, I've noticed that, okay, those foods, okay, maybe afterwards they do make me feel all right. But in the moment, they are not even like worth it. They are not that good. So naturally, I stopped craving them <laughs> because I really realized that I don't really like them that much. <laughs> so I hope that similar uh, thing will happen to you. And I think that another important uh, step when you want to get rid of last supper eating is just asking yourself, you know, what's the, what's the reason you want to eat so restrictively? Like, what's behind it? Is it your bad body image? Is it your uh, low self-esteem? Do you want to just be desired? Do you want to be liked? Do you want to just confirm to a majority? Like, what's the reason you want to eat so restrictively because if that if that impacts negatively your mental health so why are you doing that <laughs> so asking yourself that question and maybe trying to fulfill that need in a different way that also would be helpful and coming back to like more practical day-to-day uh, -day situations remember that maybe some reframing exercises could be could be good for you because right now when you're eating cookies you may believe that it's a forbidden food that you are a failure that you don't have self-control and it's probably the last time you want to overindulge because you want to eat healthy so instead of like using this kind of vocabulary you may just look at those situations when you eat those cookies or whatever it is you may just try to reframe it a little bit, right? So instead of um, believing that you eat a forbidden food, just remind yourself that you are allowed to enjoy food. <laughs> like, it's not forbidden. It's not against the law. Like, you didn't kick a puppy. <laughs> like, you didn't do anything wrong. And you are allowed to derive some pleasure from food. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, when you feel like a failure after eating those foods, again, remind yourself that healthy eating and healthy living is not about all or nothing mentality. You have to, <laughs> you have to just um, change a little bit the way you think about your life. Physical health is important, but only if you also have your mental health. Like there is no point in being slim and ripped if your mental health is just shit. <laughs> and whenever you say to yourself like, it's the last time I'm eating this, you know, remember that it's probably not the last time. Like you are able, you are allowed to eat more cookies when you enjoy them 
in the future. And if you want to avoid Last Supper uh, eating, I would also like recommend you to stop that, you know, yo-yo dieting, diet hopping, stop trying different things. Um, there's no point in most of them. Like, believe me, there are so many people who uh, will come to me and tell me that they've tried every diet under the sun and look at them, they still struggle. And that was me as well. Somehow yo-yo dieting doesn't help. Flexible eating is way better, intuitive eating is way better, and just finding your own your own way of eating, that's the best. And at the end, I want to give you the last final tip about how to avoid last supper eating, and it is that you should remember that diet and exercise are not transactional. So if you overindulge with your food, it doesn't mean that you have to pay off by overexercising. The same with the same other way around. Like you don't have to earn your food by overexercising. <laughs> so um, because again, that just keeps you in that binge restrict cycle. So uncoupling those two ideas, like diet and exercise, is another good idea for you. Okay, guys, we did it. Another podcast episode recorded. Oh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> and I want to remind you that uh, if you would like to work with me right now, it's the last opportunity for you. So uh, go to the show notes and click the link to apply for my coaching program. Uh, I'm saying that it's the last opportunity because for the next couple of months, I will not be accepting any new clients. Okay. That's that's all. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Pro Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Pro Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.